Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. An awesome day here in Southern California. It is uh, beautiful here. I think we're it's now October 4th, and it is sunny, about 80 degrees. And I'm sorry, everybody on the East Coast or somewhere where it's cold. Yes, I'm bragging. <laughs> and it is why we probably pay high prices here, but it is beautiful. I'm outside in a pseudo office today because I have some work being done in my house and I needed to kind of take this outside. So I am excited to have my guest on today. She is somebody who has devoted her life and passion to helping people understand their confidence. And, and what do I mean by that? She's, she's somebody that had to deal with it personally herself. And many of us do. We lack self-confidence. We lack self-esteem. We are challenged. We have self-limiting beliefs. And she has a, a very deep I would say deep history in so many different ways culturally and in an area that I I feel that is very pertinent to the conversation in health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, lifestyle, because it really does boil down to our 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 inner dialogue. What's happening on the inside is really what will manifest on the outside. So if we're speaking you know, to ourselves in, in negative ways, or we don't believe we can do something, and or if there's self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from achieving a goal of optimal health, health wellness, and well-being, you're never going to achieve that in on the physical part of it, or even on the outside internal part. So my guest today, Alexandra Dotscheva, is from Bulgaria. She has she came to the U.S. in 2000. She earned a bachelor's degree in music from the National Academy of Music in Sofia. And then she devoted her life's passion to creating this new way of looking at and helping people and coaching people to have more self-confidence and a better inner dialogue with themselves to achieve their goals and dreams through some of her life experiences and in similar ways that she was thinking that now she has transformed into a business. So without further ado, I'd like to, uh, to welcome Alexandra to the show. Thanks, Alexandra, for being here. Thank you for having me, Steve. It's a pleasure. Hi, everybody from very sunny Arizona and not so expensive Arizona, I have to say. So I have more to brag about with where I live. We love Arizona here. But yes, I came to the States in 2000 to earn my master's and doctoral degrees in violin, classical violin, when I realized I wasn't meant to be a violinist after having done it for 26 years. So that was a true midlife crisis at age 32. By that time, I had already dug myself into a very deep hole of low, poor self-confidence. It was truly mostly self-inflicted, and it led me to develop some pretty bad stage fright, which I couldn't conquer in spite of all of my efforts. It got better with time, but really not as much as necessary to make me as competitive as I wanted to be. So I then put myself through nursing school. I have been practicing as a nurse for 11 years now, and I do own three real estate businesses because when I saw the very scary part of healthcare where many health professionals were sicker than the patients, yet they were mm. trying to teach them how to live healthy. I saw the double standard, and then I connected this with also this fear of lack of good finances after the 2008 financial crisis. And I, I grew up in a household where my parents were never rich. We were all musicians. And it was uh, this pervasive mentality that money wasn't important, yet many of their important decisions were influenced by the lack of money when uh, it was needed. So my holistic approach really is, for one thing, I am a health freak like you are. I'm a fitness maniac like you, but also... I'm very adamant about financial literacy, uh, developing your own investments with cash flowing assets that are unrelated to a job should you want to quit your job. If you want to work your job, great. Any way you want to be helpful to others, but not to be 
um, oppressed. I mean, it's not really oppressed, but like um, you have to do it. You do it because you have to do it to pay the bills. And then you develop this resentment and hatred for what you do. And everybody sees it, that you're there for the paycheck and not really passionate about what you're doing. So yes, the health aspect is huge. And so is the other um, financial. And then of course, the relationships tie very uh, closely into that because your choice of relationships ultimately is your responsibility and you can't use others as an excuse for not changing your life and uh, pursuing your goals if you have hmm. such. <clears throat> so, so, so true. I'm, let's, let me want to take uh, three steps back and talk about your, your, uh, your midlife crisis, as you called it, um, you know, hmm abandoning uh the classic violin after 26 years um what i know you said you had stage fright but what was that moment that siding factor and, and i bring this up because you know people listening might be in a similar situation where maybe they're in a career that they just can't stand i, I know i was having a conversation with a friend yesterday he, he he's changed careers and he's got a new position in sales that um, you know, is, is fruitful. He makes, makes good money. He's going to be financially stable, but he just can't stand it. Like he's, and I, and I, I it hurt me to hear him say this. Um, so, but he's trying to find something that is more fulfilling. I mean, how does somebody make that leap of faith? Like what's, what are some of those, um, the solutions or, or that, you know, I guess the, they call it chutzpah, um, yeah. that you would talk about and being able to create that jump and leap of faith if you're not happy. See, in my case, I really loved playing the music, but I realized I wasn't competitive enough to stand against 40 to 500 people in a 10-minute audition when mm. orchestras were bankrupting left and right in America in 2000, between 2006 and 2008. And uh, then when I became a nurse, I'll be very honest, I didn't immediately like the work. I love working with the patients, but the bureaucracy of healthcare is absolutely uh, mind-blowing and nobody really understands it. But at some point, you need to learn to like what you do for the sake of your perseverance and resilience building and your learning. So if your friend is in sales and it's lucrative, but he hates it, is there anything he can learn from that position? Because I made myself learn all the skills I have now. For example, I had really poor communication skills because when you're a musician, uh, you practice in a practice room between four walls, between seven and nine hours a day. You don't talk to anybody. Mm. Then you play in the orchestra and the only person who talks is the conductor and you minimal communication really. So with nursing, it was very different for me. It was scary. I hated having to call doctors and hold them responsible for mistakes they had made with patients or admitting that I didn't know certain things about a patient when I was a beginning nurse. It was a huge learning curve. And that's what can make you hate a new job that you thought it would be inspiring, but then you see the real responsibility, the real um, difficulties in the job, the challenges which hit you, which you didn't realize when you were studying for it. If you can make yourself overcome that period, then you can really find out if you like or hate the job. Mm. Because uh, five years into it is still, before five years is too soon to tell for most people. That's from my experience, of course. Now, if you still feel that you hate it, the leap of faith is you commit yourself to another risk because every new career is a new risk-taking. It's time commitment, it's a financial commitment, and you can get disappointed. But if you really are able to apply the maximum discipline to discipline yourself first and foremost with your um, hatred of the light to expectations, you will always find something to be helpful to others in your career because the career is not the way to make yourself rich. The career is to be useful to others. 
right? I like that. Could you repeat that again? I think that's the career really is not the way to make yourself rich. A career is to be useful to society. And then what you save from that money is your responsibility to learn the financial jargon, to legally expand your financial means to the cash flowing assets. And you can do this at any job, at any job. I think people go into jobs with the wrong expectations usually. And um, so if you're ready to buckle up and take the responsibility, you will be successful at any place you go if you have some talent and a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what the leap of faith is. Um, otherwise, jumping from place to place can also discourage you because mm-hmm. it's like you're not good at anything. But truthfully, you didn't give yourself the time to find out whether you were good at it or not. Mm-hmm. But if you went there with the wrong motives, that's also a hurdle because mm-hmm. somebody told you, oh, that's a very fun job. It pays a lot. It's, lo- it's never a good motive to choose a career um, if you are not willing to be helpful to society the best you can in any career. Mm, Awesome. Great. I I love that feedback there and what you just shared there. Um, I told him and some kind of summarize what you had said there is create the work you love and the money will follow. If you always like love what you do and you wake up every day with that passion for what you do. And, and, you know, I shared my case, like helping people doing this, Um, you know, this is all of this is a passion project. And I say that, you know, when people say passion project, it usually means that there's no money on the end of it and I'm doing it just for fun. Well, I do this for fun and I still make money at it, but the exactly. money follows. It's I put myself first with love and passion of creating an influence and opportunity for people to learn, grow. Um, it's my opportunity to give. And, and that's what I really, truly enjoy. And I can tell that you do the same. Yes. Awesome. Um, so where, and again, so the timeline now going to nursing, where did you get into more of what you're doing now? So you said you spent 10 years in nursing and now you're doing holistic coaching. Um, yes. Tell me more about that like transition. What, what sort of was that, where was that stimulated? It, what was the, the breaking point or turning point for you there? So it's not a transition. It's actually adding more to my life because mm-hmm. I am still a nurse. I am a real estate investor. I manage my own properties very happily and proudly. And then I became inspired to write my book. It really Mm -hmm. is simple, a holistic approach to self-confidence in 2020. And I published it at the end of last year because people started asking questions about my health, uh, fitness, and my diet. I'm a uh, whole foods organic vegan. I don't compromise my diet for the sake of anything, convenience or not offending others. Same with my fitness routine. You know, I like, you know how important it is to do the fitness. It's not a substitute for a bad diet. Both of these are absolute must to be healthy and to have your mental uh, health as well. So the fitness routine, two and a half hours a day, four days a week, that goes without a compromise. And so people started asking questions, how do you manage your time? And then you have these lucrative properties that you rent and you do your own bookkeeping and accounting. So I wrote a book and um, I really prioritized only five most important aspects of life. If you want to be holistically confident, that's what I developed for myself. It was a type of a formula system that is applicable to every aspect of life. And it works for me. And it was, you know, it was hard for me to believe I could do it. But since I could do it, I just realized anybody can do it. So why not tell people how to do that? Mm. And then uh, that um, holistic coaching business naturally followed from writing the book. Awesome. So I, 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 I think it's so important um, for you to share, you know, going from, I, I love the fact that you're in, in real estate. Um, there's been no other 
no other form, maybe other than the stock market that has created abundance and wealth in people in their lives than real estate, because there's only so much of it. And there's more people being born and having to find places to live. How did you go in? How did you get into that? Did you buy your first property? And did you learn? Did you go to courses? What did you do to get into that, into that mindset knowledge? Because it is a mindset. I did come across Robert Kiyosaki's books, ah, The Rich Death Company. Yes. I read six of them before I took the leap of faith to buy one of his online courses. Uh-huh. And I did that learning. I, also, I, read, I read many of his books as well in the past. Exactly. Amazing. And yeah, you have to trust the person before you buy into the course because yes. they weren't exactly cheap. But what was most attractive was his point that if you learn from a self-made millionaire who has started from scratch like he did, you're in much better position than learning from a financial professor at a university who relies on a salary to make ends meet, which I already knew how to do. And I really bought on that. And I said, that's really makes sense. So I bought his class. And then my very first real estate property was a fourplex here in Phoenix. We lived in one of the apartments. We actually first renovated the other three and then we rented them. Our fourth apartment was old, broken, unpainted until we moved out when my boyfriend bought our house. Then he took care of the house expenses while uh, we renovated the fourth apartment and rented that one as well. I kept buying properties and I also built an options trading account while he was taking care of the house expenses for three and a half years. And then at the beginning of 2020, I stepped in with all the accumulated uh, income monthly from all the assets and we killed the house debt uh, in a total of five and a half years. So we paid it off last December, the 30 year long, five and a half years. And that that's it. And then um, everything is much easier once you don't have the liability of your own house. Because yeah. remember, Kiyosaki was crucified in 2006 for saying your house is not an asset. Yeah, your, your house is <laughs> right? yeah, your house. The mortgage, so, literally, I learned yeah. what mortgage really means. It means to die. It's a, <laughs> exactly. It's a, exactly. It's a death. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Latin root of it. So yeah, uh, you know, people, when they think they own their home, really they don't, you know, and people learn that in the 2008 financial yes. crisis, you know, and I think unfortunately it's going to happen again. Um, you yes, know, they just created, they, they, they're doing the same thing, but they just labeled it differently and they have exactly. a little different standards. Um, you know, people got loans in the past four or five years that maybe shouldn't have. And correct, correct. And people forget history very quickly. Yes. History repeats yeah. itself, as you know. So, you know, it's a good opportunity and good time for those that are financially sound that will prosper, right? So, yes. you know, it's just being, uh, it's being smart about it. So I think, you know, you're not, I think I know your health and your, and your, and your wealth are similar, right? You talked, you talked about discipline. You yes. talked about choice. You talked about consistency. Um, I love what you said about your own health and nutrition. Um, about you, you said that there are no compromises, uh, quote unquote. No. And you know, no matter no matter what it is, where you travel, where you're at, what time of day, um, I think it's awesome when you don't have those compromises. That's when true growth happens um, in the face of those challenges. So, tell us a little bit more about um, your book and what the programs look like, so that if there are people that are listening who are inspired by your ability to manifest and and create. Uh, the life that you love and love the life that you live in abundance, where can they find out about that? And how can they learn more about as you did with Robert Kawasaki and other mentors? Sure. So the book truthfully treats the five aspects of life very holistically, uh, health, spirituality, career, finances, and relationships. And I compiled this system because of what I learned 
from my patients. Mm-hmm. I'm a home care nurse who goes to patients' homes all the time. So you see these people either suffering from several chronic health conditions uh, that damage their organs on multiple levels. Then you see the financial implication of their disease, how it basically bankrupts them over the long term. And then you see you witness relationships that are very counterproductive in many ways, unsupportive. And Mm -hmm. in that case, um, you compile the system to see how you can connect, integrate all these parts in a way that makes sense to a reader. And I think the book was very successful because the feedback has been amazing so far. So people can find the book on my website, which is holisticselfconfidence.com. I have an ebook and a paperback. The paperback is available in the US and the ebook can be downloaded all over the world. All right. And it is also available on Amazon Kindle. I, I, I love that you, uh, you said that the ebook could be available all over the world. I mean, um, I think that's super important because, you know, there, I, I, it's, it's hard to get books over across the seas. And this is a global market. Um, I have people that listen from all over the world, um, from Australia to London and, and all other areas. And I think it's wonderful that you have that ebook. Um, tell us some more like about the program. What does it look like? How did, can you share a little bit about the, um, about like some of the steps, I guess it would be like, I want to know if I get this book, what is like one of the biggest principles in there that is going to shift and or change my business life? And uh, what would that look like? How does that sound? Uh, it's my pleasure to share, of course. So uh, when people tend to focus on just one problem, I try to point their attention to the holistic aspect of their life so they can dissipate their attention a little bit from the fixation and see that there are other things that are not working in their lives and they really find it's very helpful. So I will, I will definitely discuss the diet aspect with you. What are you eating? Why are you eating? Do you have any diseases? What are your goals? Uh, the one most important thing is I want to see at least up to 10 goals with every aspect uh, every, each one of the five aspects of life from every client, which they do, and then they present this to me, and then we start chipping away on each goal. But we work simultaneously on all the five aspects of life because it's the most important thing and biggest challenge is to impress on people how very important it is not to neglect any of these aspects of their lives mm. if they want to be holistically confident. And that includes not putting off fixing a problem with your, say, career for the sake of fixing a um, relationship problem. They're both equally important because if you are falling into a pattern of neglecting one or two aspects of the five in your life, and of course, there are some people that say 25 aspects of life. I keep it as simple as possible. I start simple and I keep it simple. But when I give people their one to two hour free beginning session, the assessment to see if we're a good match as a uh, client and a coach, I have them create some goals right in front of me after they say all the problems and we dig very deep into all these five aspects of life until they see that, oh, yes, you know, I'm missing a lot. I've been mediocre in this aspect. I've been neglecting this for like 10 years and I should have paid closer attention. And once we integrate this whole understanding that everything is important, just like this same person is not any less important than the people they've been taking care of while neglecting their own needs, The same applies to the five life aspects. And when they see that, I want to see them as the whole person with their their health, spirituality, career, finances, and relationships as equally important for the well-being of that person. And they're readily on board with that. Mm. And so we start one at a time, uh, 
one problem in each aspect, but we work on the five aspects simultaneously. Awesome. So it becomes equally important in their mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I've, I've learned, I've learned a lot here, but what I hear you do exceptionally well, Alexandra, is your use of language. You have a very strong vocabulary and bold vocabulary and the ability to persuade whether yourself or you know, your audience with your language. What do I mean by that? Like you, you use words that are empowering rather than self-limiting. Your ability to, you know, just like you said, like I am committed to this. I, there's no compromise. Uh, you're using words and language that you're burning the bridges and sinking the boats and allowing like mm-hmm. that. That's what has to happen exactly. in order to have the success. You can't dabble. You, you, you know, you, and I, and I also like what you said there is that you're not just, doesn't sound like you're just taking on any client. You are interviewing as well that person that may want to work with you. You have a high standard for yourself and you want a high standard in somebody that you're going to be coaching that's going to follow through. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, we will not be arguing all over the way. It's not a press conference. You either right. want to improve it to bring your life to a higher level or you don't. Uh, the teacher is not there to convince you. But uh, it's funny you mentioned the vocabulary because obviously I'm a foreigner. You can hear my accent from uh, the other end of the earth. And I've, had a, I've taken a long time to work on this vocabulary. I'm still learning. I'm still working on it. And if that can be any consolation to your listeners, I can tell you, yes, it's another form of my self-discipline. I work on this every day. And every blog post I write on my website, holisticselfconfidence.com, I edit maybe 10 times before I release it for the people to read it. And it is part of my learning process. And yes, I have a doctoral degree in classical violin. However, I still demand more of myself with my English because I'm not a native speaker. Okay, so just so people don't feel discouraged in any way, I'm always learning every day. So yeah, I hope that's I think it's great. And <laughs> you know, there's one other one other thing I'd like to highlight. Like if you look at where you came from, and uh, you know, a, a world of classical violin doctorate you know, which is extraordinary and takes a tremendous amount of effort, self-discipline and commitment and practice and failure and picking yourself back up to what you're doing now. I mean, two very opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, that almost never, you would almost never correlate to being together. You know, I bring this up one to acknowledge you two to also share with the audience that it doesn't matter what you do, you know, or where you're at today. If your dream is very different than what you're doing now or where you are today, you have a different view or what you want to do to be happy or healthy or you know live a more fulfilling life abundantly, financially free, don't let that be a, a discouragement. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you'd love to share with us that would be inspiring, motivating, something that would be, you know, just a, a, a kind of a cliffhanger, if you will, to the to the show and for people to take action for you to go to the next direction? I love hearing your baby's voice. <laughs> I told you we had. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Thank wonderful. you. Last thoughts. Uh, usually the biggest problem you have in your life, the elephant in the room is what most people tend to ignore. That's like in politics and healthcare everywhere. So don't be that person. Mm. Face your biggest problem. Acknowledge it. It's very difficult. It was very, very hard for me to acknowledge that I was not a good enough violinist after 26 years of intense practicing. It was very, very hard. But I survived it. And if I did, you can. Just be honest with yourself. It's the hardest thing. 
to do the right thing when nobody's watching and especially when you don't feel like it. That is very hard. And that is a cliched phrase already. However, it's just so true that it can never be said enough. Awesome. Alexandra, it's been an awesome show. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful we got what we got in and the time that we had. And I appreciate everybody listening. To find out more about you, tell us where to find you. My website is holisticselfconfidence.com. It leads to my Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I'm very soon going to put my YouTube channel as well. I'm at the beginning of making videos. So, hey, I'm learning how to do videos now. So, again, another learning curve, which is very fun. And that's where you can find me. And again, the book is also available on Amazon Kindle, if that's something more familiar to people. The title is, It Really is Simple, A Holistic Approach to Self-Confidence, A Practical Guide. Awesome. Great. Thank you very much, Alexandra. I appreciate you. Continued success. Keep doing what you're doing. It's very impactful. And I really enjoyed learning from you today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Steve Jordan Experience. An awesome day here in Southern California. It is uh, beautiful here. I think we're, it's now October 4th, and it is sunny, about 80 degrees. And I'm sorry, everybody on the East Coast or somewhere where it's cold. Yes, I'm bragging. <laughs> and it is uh, why we probably pay high prices here, but it is beautiful. I'm outside uh, in a pseudo office today because I have some work being done in my house and uh, needed to kind of take this outside. So um, I am excited to have my guest on today. She is somebody who has uh, devoted her life and passion to helping people understand their confidence. And, and what do I mean by that? She's, she's somebody that had to deal with it personally herself. And many of us do. We lack self-confidence. We lack self-esteem. We are uh, challenged. We have self-limiting beliefs. Um, and she has a, I would say, deep history in so many different ways culturally and in uh, an area that I, I feel that is very pertinent to the conversation in health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, lifestyle, because it really does boil down to our, our, our inner dialogue. What's happening on the inside is really what will manifest on the outside. So if we're speaking you know, to ourselves in, in negative ways, or we don't believe we can do something, and or if there's uh, self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from achieving a goal of optimal health, health wellness, and well-being, you're never going to achieve that in, on the physical part of it or even on the outside internal part. So um, my guest today, Alexandra Dotscheva, is um, from Bulgaria. Uh, she, has, she came to the U.S. in 2000. She earned a bachelor's degree in music from the National Academy of Music in Sofia. Um, and then she devoted her life's passion to uh, creating this new way of looking at and helping people and coaching people to have more self-confidence and a better uh, inner dialogue with themselves to achieve their goals and dreams through some of her life experiences and in similar ways that she was thinking that now she has transformed into a business. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to, uh, to welcome Alexandra uh, to the show. Thanks, Alexandra, for being here. Thank you for having me, Steve. It's a pleasure. Hi, everybody from very sunny Arizona and not so expensive Arizona, I have to say. So I have more to brag about with where I live. We love Arizona here. But uh, yes, I uh, came to the States in 2000 uh, to earn my master's and doctoral degrees in violin, classical violin, when I realized I wasn't meant to be a violinist after having done it for 26 years. So that was a true midlife crisis at age 32. Mm. Um, by that time, I had already dug myself into a very deep hole of low, poor self-confidence. It was 
truly mostly self-inflicted. And it led me to uh, develop some pretty bad stage fright, which I couldn't conquer in spite of all of my efforts. It got better with time, but really not as much as necessary to make me as competitive as I wanted to be. So I then put myself through nursing school. I have been practicing as a nurse for 11 years now, and I do own three real estate businesses because when I saw the um, very scary part of healthcare where many health professionals were sicker than the patients, yet they were Mm. trying to teach them how to live healthy, I saw the double standard. And then I connected this with also this fear of uh, lack of good finances after the 2008 financial crisis. And I, I grew up in a household where my parents were never rich. We were all musicians. And it was uh, this pervasive mentality that money wasn't important, yet many of their important decisions were influenced by the lack of money when uh, it was needed. So my holistic approach really is, for one thing, I am a health freak like you are. I'm a fitness maniac like you, but also I'm very adamant about financial literacy, uh, developing your own investments with cash flowing assets that are unrelated to a job. Should you want to quit your job? If you want to work your job, great. Any way you want to be helpful to others, but not to be um, oppressed. I mean, it's not really oppressed, but like um, you have to do it. You do it because you have to do it to pay the bills. And then you develop this resentment and hatred for what you do. And everybody sees it, that you're there for the paycheck and not really passionate about what you're doing. So yes, the health aspect is huge. And so is the other um, financial. And then of course, the relationships tie very uh, closely into that because your choice of relationships ultimately is your responsibility and you can't use others as an excuse for not changing your life and uh, pursuing your goals if you have Hmm. such. So, so, so true. I'm going to take uh, three steps back and talk about your, your, uh, your midlife crisis, as you called it, Um, you know, Mm -hmm abandoning uh the classical violin after 26 years um what exactly i know you said you had stage fright but what was that moment that siding factor and, and i bring this up because you know people listening might be in a similar situation where maybe they're in a career that they just can't stand i, I know i was having a conversation with a friend yesterday he he's changed careers and he's got a new position in sales that um, you know, is, is fruitful. He makes, makes good money. He's going to be financially stable, but he just can't stand it. Like he's, and I, I, it hurt me to hear him say this. Um, so, but he's trying to find something that is more fulfilling. I mean, how does somebody make that leap of faith? Like what's, what are some of those, um, the solutions or, or that, you know, I guess the, they call it chutzpah, um, that you would talk about and being able to create that jump and leap of faith if you're not happy. See, in my case, I really loved playing the music, but I realized I wasn't competitive enough to stand against 40 to 500 people in a 10-minute audition when mm. orchestras were bankrupting left and right in America in 2000, between 2006 and 2008. And uh, then when I became a nurse, I'll be very honest, I didn't immediately like the work. I love working with the patients, but the bureaucracy of healthcare is absolutely uh, mind-blowing and nobody really understands it. But at some point, you need to learn to like what you do for the sake of your perseverance and resilience building and your learning. So Mm -hmm. if your friend is in sales and it's lucrative, but he hates it, is there anything he can learn from that position? Because I made myself learn all the skills I have now. For example, I had really poor communication skills because when you're a musician, uh, you practice in a practice room between four walls, between seven and nine hours a day. You don't talk to anybody. Mm. Then you play in the orchestra, and the only person who talks is the conductor. And you 
minimal communication, really. So with nursing, it was very different for me. It was scary. I hated having to call doctors and hold them responsible for mistakes they had made with patients or admitting that I didn't know certain things about a patient when I was a beginning nurse. It was a huge learning curve. And that's what can make you hate a new job that you thought it would be inspiring, but then you see the real responsibility, the real um, difficulties in the job, the challenges which hit you, which you didn't realize when you were studying for it. If you can make yourself overcome that period, then you can really find out if you like or hate the job. Mm. Because uh, five years into it is still, before five years is too soon to tell for most people. That's from my experience, of course. Now, if you still feel that you hate it, the leap of faith is you commit yourself to another risk because every new career is a new risk taking. It's time commitment, it's a financial commitment, and you can get disappointed. But if you really are able to apply the maximum discipline to discipline yourself first and foremost with your um, hatred of the light to expectations, you will always find something to be helpful to others in your career because the career is not the way to make yourself rich. The career is to be useful to others, right? I like that. Could you repeat that again? I think that's the career really is not statement. the way to make yourself rich. A career is to be useful to society. And then what you save from that money is your responsibility to learn the financial jargon, to legally expand your financial means to the cash flowing assets. And you can do this at any job, at any job. I think people go into jobs with the wrong expectations usually. And um, so if you're ready to buckle up and take the responsibility, you will be successful at any place you go if you have some talent and a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's what the leap of faith is. Um, otherwise, jumping from place to place can also discourage you because mm -hmm. like you're not good at anything. But truthfully, you didn't give yourself the time to find out whether you were good at it or not. Mm -hmm. But if you went there with the wrong motives, that's also a hurdle because mm -hmm. somebody told you, oh, that's a very fun job. It pays a lot. It's, lo it's never a good motive to choose a career um, if you are not willing to be helpful to society the best you can in any career. Mm. Awesome. Great. I, I love that feedback there and what you just shared there. Um, I told him and <clears throat> some kind of summarize what you had said there is create the work you love and the money will follow. If you always like love what you do and you wake up every day with that passion for what you do. And, and you know, I shared in my case, like helping people doing this, um, you know, this is all of this is a passion project. And I say that you know, when people say passion project, it usually means that there's no money on the end of it and I'm doing it just for fun. Well, I do this for fun and I still make money at it, but the exactly. money follows. It's I put myself first with love and passion of creating an influence and opportunity for people to learn, grow. Um, it's my opportunity to give. And, and that's what I really, truly enjoy. And I can tell that you do the same. Yes. Awesome. Um, so where, and again, so the timeline now going to nursing, where did you get into more of what you're doing now? So you said you spent 10 years in nursing and now you're doing holistic coaching. Um, yes. Tell me more about that like transition. What, what sort of was that, where was that stimulated? It, what was the, the breaking point or turning point for you there? So it's not a transition. It's actually adding more to my life because mm -hmm. I am still a nurse. I am a real estate investor. I manage my own properties very happily and proudly. And then I became inspired to write my book. It really mm -hmm. is simple, a holistic approach to self-confidence in 2020. And I published it at the end of last year. 
because people started asking questions about my health, uh, <clears throat> fitness, and my diet. I'm a uh, whole foods organic vegan. I don't compromise my diet for the sake of anything, convenience or not offending others. Same with my fitness routine. You know, I like, you know how important it is to do the fitness. It's not a substitute for a bad diet. Both of these are absolute must to be healthy and to have your mental uh, health as well. So the fitness routine, two and a half hours a day, four days a week, that goes without a compromise. And so people started asking questions, how do you manage your time? And then you have these lucrative properties that you rent and you do your own bookkeeping and accounting. So I wrote a book and um, I really prioritized only five most important aspects of life. If you want to be holistically confident, that's what I developed for myself. It was a type of a formula system that is applicable to every aspect of life and it works for me and it was you know it was hard for me to believe I could do it but since I could do it I just realized anybody can do it so why not tell people how to do that mm. and then uh, that uh, holistic coaching business naturally followed from writing the book awesome so I I, I, I think it's so important um, for you to share you know going from I love the fact that you're in, in real estate. Um, there's been no other, no other form, maybe other than the stock market that has created abundance and wealth in people in their lives than real estate. Cause there's only so much of it. And there's more people being born and having to find places to live. How did you go in? How did you get into that? Did you buy your first property and did you learn? Did you go to courses? What did you do to get into that, into that mindset knowledge? Cause it is a mindset. I did come across Robert Kiyosaki's books, ah, The Rich Death Company. Yes. I read six of them before I took the leap of faith to buy one of his online courses. Uh-huh. And I did that learning. I, also, I, read, I read many of his books as well in the past. Exactly. Amazing. And yeah, you have to trust the person before you buy into the course because yes. they weren't exactly cheap. But what was most attractive was his point that if you learn from a self-made millionaire who has started from scratch like he did, you're in much better position than learning from a financial professor at a university who relies on a salary to make ends meet, which I already knew how to do. And I really bought on that. And I said, that's really makes sense. So I bought his class. And then the, my very first real estate property was a fourplex here in Phoenix. We lived in one of the apartments. We rent, actually, we first renovated the other three and then we rented them. Our fourth apartment was old, broken, unpainted until we moved out when my boyfriend bought our house. Then he took care of the house expenses while uh, we renovated the fourth apartment and rented that one as well. I kept buying properties and I also built an options trading account while he was taking care of the house expenses for three and a half years. And then at the beginning of 2020, I stepped in with all the accumulated uh, income monthly from all the assets and we killed the house debt uh, in a total of five and a half years so we paid it off last december the 30 year long five and a half years and that that's it and then um, everything is much easier once you don't have the liability of your own house because yeah. remember kiyosaki was crucified in 2006 for saying your house is not an asset yeah your, your house is, <laughs> right? yeah, your house the mortgage so, literally i learned yeah. what mortgage really means it means to die it's a exactly it's a exactly. it's a death uh, mm -hmm. you know, the Latin root of it. So yeah. Uh, you know, people, when they think they own their home, really they don't, you know, and people learn that in the 2008 financial yes. crisis, you know, and, 
I think unfortunately it's going to happen again. Um, you yes, know, they just created, they, they, they're doing the same thing, but they just labeled it differently and they have exactly. a little different standards. Um, you know, people got loans in the past four or five years that maybe shouldn't have. And correct, correct. And people forget history very quickly. Yes. History repeats yeah. itself as you know. So, you know, it's a good opportunity and good time for those that are financially sound that will prosper. Right. So, yes. you know, it's just being, uh, It's being smart about it. So I think, you know, you're not, I think I know your health and your, and your, and your wealth are similar, right? You talked, you talked about discipline. You yes. talked about choice. You talked about consistency. Um, I love what you said about your own health and nutrition um, about you. You said that there are no compromises, uh, quote unquote. No. And, sure, you know, no matter, no matter what it is, where you travel, where you're at, what time of day, Um, I think it's awesome when you don't have those compromises, that's when true growth happens um, in the face of those challenges. So tell us a little bit more about um, your book and what the programs look like so that if there are people that are listening who are inspired by your ability to manifest and, and create uh, the life that you love and love the life that you live in abundance, where can they find out about that and how can they learn more about as you did with Robert Kawasaki and other mentors? Sure. So the book truthfully treats the five aspects of life very holistically, uh, health, spirituality, career, finances, and relationships. And I compiled this system because of what I learned from my patients. Mm -hmm. I'm a home care nurse who goes to patients' homes all the time. So you see these people either suffering from several chronic health conditions uh, that damage their organs on multiple levels. Then you see the financial implication of their disease how it basically bankrupts them over the long term. And then you see, you witness relationships that are very counterproductive in many ways, unsupportive. And mm -hmm. in that case, um, you compile the system to see how you can connect, integrate all these parts in a way that makes sense to a reader. And I think the book was very successful because the feedback has been amazing so far. So people can find the book on my website, which is holisticselfconfidence.com. I have an ebook and a paperback. The paperback is available in the US and the ebook can be downloaded all over the world. All right. And it is also available on Amazon Kindle. I, I, I love that you uh, you said that the ebook could be available all over the world. I mean, um, I think that's super important because you know there I, I, it's it's hard to get books over across seas, and this is a global market. Um, I have People that listen from all over the world, um, from Australia to London and, and uh, all other areas, and I think it's wonderful that you have that ebook. Um, tell us some more, like about the program. What does it look like? How did, can you share a little bit about the um, about like some of the steps? I guess it would be like I want to know if I get this book. What is like one of the biggest principles in there that is going to shift and or change my business and life and Uh, what would that look like? How does that sound? Uh, it's been my pleasure to share, of course. So uh, when people tend to focus on just one problem, I try to point their attention to the holistic aspect of their life so they can dissipate their attention a little bit from the fixation and see that there are other things that are not working in their lives. And they really find it's very helpful. So mm -hmm. I, will, I will definitely discuss the diet aspect with you. What are you eating? Why are you eating? Do you have any diseases? What are your goals? Uh, the one most important thing is I want to see at least up to 10 goals with every aspect, uh, every, each one of the five aspects of life from every client, which they do. 
and then they present this to me and then we start chipping away on each goal. But we work simultaneously on all the five aspects of life because it's the most important thing and biggest challenge is to impress on people how very important it is not to neglect any of these aspects of their lives mm. if they want to be holistically confident. And that includes not putting off fixing a problem with your, say, career for the sake of fixing a um, relationship problem. They're both equally important because if you are falling into a pattern of neglecting one or two aspects of the five in your life, and of course, there are some people that say 25 aspects of life. I keep it as simple as possible. I start simple and I keep it simple. But when I give people their one to two hour free beginning session, the assessment to see if we're a good match as a uh, client and a coach, I have them create some goals right in front of me after they say all the problems and we dig very deep into all these five aspects of life until they see that, oh, yes, you know, I'm missing a lot. I've been mediocre in this aspect. I've been neglecting this for like 10 years and I should have paid closer attention. And once we integrate this whole understanding that everything is important, just like this same person is not any less important than the people they've been taking care of while neglecting their own needs, the same applies to the five life aspects. And when they see that, I want to see them as the whole person with their, their health, spirituality, career, finances, and relationships as equally important for the well-being of that person. And they're readily on board with that. Mm. And so we start one at a time, uh, one problem in each aspect, but we work on the five aspects simultaneously. Awesome. So it becomes equally important in their mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I've, I've- Learned, I've learned a lot here, but what I hear you do exceptionally well, Alexandra, is your use of language. You have a very strong vocabulary and bold vocabulary and the ability to persuade whether yourself or you know, your audience with your language. What do I mean by that? Like you, you use words that are empowering rather than self-limiting. Your ability to, you know, just like you said, like, I am committed to this. I, there's no compromise. Uh, you're using words and language that you're burning the bridges and sinking the boats and allowing like mm-hmm. that. That's what has to happen exactly. in order to have the success. You can't dabble. You, you, you know, you, and, I, and I also like what you said there is that you're not just, it doesn't sound like you're just taking on any client. You are interviewing as well that person that may want to work with you. You have a high standard for yourself. And you want a high standard in somebody that you're going to be coaching that's going to follow through. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, we will not be arguing all over the way. It's not a press conference. You either right. want to improve it to bring your life to a higher level or you don't. Uh, the teacher is not there to convince you. But uh, it's funny you mentioned the vocabulary because obviously I'm a foreigner. You can hear my accent from uh, the other end of the earth. And I've, had a, I've taken a long time to work on this vocabulary. I'm still learning. I'm still working on it. And if that can be any consolation to your listeners, I can tell you, yes, it's another uh, form of my self-discipline. I work on this every day. And every blog post I write on my website, holisticselfconfidence.com, I edit maybe 10 times before I release it for the people to read it. And it is part of my learning process. And yes, I have a doctoral degree in classical violin. However, I still demand more of myself with my English because I'm not a native speaker. Okay, so um, just so people don't feel discouraged in any way, uh, I'm always learning every day. So yeah, I hope that is great. And you know, there's one other uh, one other thing I'd like to highlight. Like if you look at where you came from, uh, you know, a, a world of classical violin doctorate 
you know, which is extraordinary um, and takes a tremendous amount of effort, self-discipline and commitment and practice and failure and picking yourself back up to what you're doing now. I mean, two very opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, that almost never, you would almost never correlate to being together, um, you know, the, I bring this up one to acknowledge you two to also share with the audience that it doesn't matter what you do, you know, or where you're at today. If your dream is very different than what you're doing now or where you are today, you have a different view or what you want to do to be happy or healthy or, um, you know, live a more fulfilling life abundantly financially free. Um, don't let that be, a, a, a discouragement. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, is there anything else that you'd love to share with us that would be inspiring, motivating, something that would be, um, you know, just a, a, a kind of a cliffhanger, if you will, to the, to the show and for people to take action for you to go to the next direction? I love hearing your baby's voice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I told you we had. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Thank wonderful. you. Uh, last thoughts. Uh, usually the biggest problem you have in your life, the elephant in the room, is what most people tend to ignore. That's like in politics, in healthcare, everywhere. So don't be that person. Mm. Face your biggest problem. Acknowledge it. It's very difficult. It was very, very hard for me to acknowledge that I was not a good enough violinist after 26 years of intense practicing. It was very, very hard. But I survived it. And if I did, you can. Just be honest with yourself. It's the hardest thing to do the right thing when nobody's watching and especially when you don't feel like it. That is very hard. And that is a cliched phrase already. However, it's just so true that it can never be said enough. Awesome. Alexandra, it's been an awesome uh, show. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm grateful we got what we got in and the time that we had. Um, and I appreciate everybody listening. Um, to find out more about you, tell us where to find you. My website is holisticselfconfidence.com. It leads to my Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I'm very soon going to put my YouTube channel as well. I'm at the beginning of making videos. So, hey, I'm learning how to do videos now. So, again, okay. another learning curve, which is very fun. And uh, that's where you can find me. And, again, the book is also available on Amazon Kindle, if that's something more familiar to people. The title is It Really is Simple, A Holistic Approach to Self-Confidence, A Practical Guide. Awesome. Great. Thank you very much, Alexandra. I appreciate you. Continued success. Keep doing what you're doing. It's very impactful. And uh, I really enjoyed learning from you today. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll thank you so soon. much for having me, Steve. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome.